Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's Roxanne Hodge. Thanks for tuning in again this week. This week I have a very special young lady that I met almost, I think it's about a year ago, Carrie, that we met at um, Andre Ivanka's uh, training in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. So um, I was uh, privileged to, I think we were seated next to each other. No, I think it was the accent. Let's be fair. I think <laughs> I was the accent. Um, and that uh, we got to know each other uh, through the two-day training uh, that we had, I think it was last November. So I asked uh, Carrie to come in um, uh, onto the podcast because she is a health coach and, um, you know, her story is fascinating, but I'm going to read her bio and then we'll go from there. She's um, originally born and raised in uh, Melbourne, Australia. She moved to Canada back in 2012 after going through struggles with things like depression, um, alcohol, adult acne, psoriasis, body dysmorphic issues, which is basically body image issues, self-esteem and confidence. Um, and she wanted to go out there and kind of discover who, she, who, who was I really and create a healthier, more empowered life for herself. So what better way to do that than on alone on the other side of the world, like everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> sure have to dive deep, that's for sure. Uh, she trusted the universe and dove in. Quit smoking, cut back on drinking, changed her diet, increased her exercise, and made some awesome, um, super healthy friends and started going after what was important. Um, And she met this amazing man in the process, which we'd love to hear more about. Um, After going through her transformation, she started working with women who were busy, stressed out, and, you know, how many people out there are in that lane? I I can uh, attest that I've been there many a times and, and vacillate back and forth. Um, and she's assisted them in creating a healthier lifestyle uh, that fitted in around their schedules. Uh, life should be balanced and doing it alone, like you said, you shouldn't have to do it alone. Since moving uh, to Toronto, uh, she does yoga frequently. Uh, she's on the Toronto food scene and she does actually, I just clicked on her Instagram and she was making the most amazing soup. So maybe she'll tell us more about that. And, um, she makes the most amazing smoothies. She says smoothies are her life. So Carrie, welcome uh, to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thank you so much. So how have you been? I see you've been, uh, you've been home, which looked amazing. It looked like you had a fantastic time visiting your family at home. Oh, yes. I was back in, uh, I spent seven weeks actually in Bali, um, which was amazing. Uh, I went there and completed an Ayurvedic yoga certification. Um, just to obviously dive a little deeper and add on to my current practices and qualifications. And then I went back home to Melbourne for two weeks um, and spent time there because I have a 15-month-old little nephew who is into everything right now and driving my (laughs) sister. Um, I shouldn't say driving her crazy, but keeping her on her toes. (laughs) So, yeah, it was really nice to be back. And uh, But, you know, it's funny. It's like... 
everyone was like, why did you leave now? You should have left in January, February when the weather got really bad. But it's funny being back. It's really, it's nice, even though the weather was amazing away. It's, you know, I think it's always good and exciting to come back with a fresh <coughs> perspective and to be able to jump and sort of dive in with a creative flair, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Now, let's, let's kind of talk about um, your journey, which has been quite interesting. And when I had the privilege of spending some time with, with you, you had shared us a bit about some of the stomach issues you'd had and things like that. So tell people kind of your path, kind of back in Australia, I know you used to, I, I believe you used to run nightclubs or something like that. Yeah. Or, um, and kind of, and now she's um, a flight attendant with, uh, is it Air Canada? Yeah. Okay, so she's kind of done that, and in this, she's also done uh, the health coaching, which is fascinating. So tell us a little bit about your path and kind of what was happening to you that really made you think, you know, I need a change. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> between the ages of 21 and 26, I was working um, as an events organiser for a series of bars and nightclubs in Melbourne. Um, worked at a wonderful company. Uh, however, I think, um, you know, being a part of that scene and always being in the social scene with, you know, drinking and all of that, although I was taking care of myself on the fitness end of things, there was so many other areas of my health that weren't being taken care of. And I think for during that period, you know, I had no idea for myself that my actions had an effect on what was happening on my external world. Um, I was oblivious to the fact that it was me that controlled what was happening. Um, I had no idea what mind-body-soul connection meant. Um, so uh, what had happened was, like, I was eating the incorrect foods for my body type, um, eating a lot of foods that I was intolerant to, um, you know, the amount of sugar that comes through alcohol. I smoked cigarettes. My, my body just started literally shutting down. Um, I was sitting at my desk one day at work and I looked down at my legs. It was summer and I saw this, like, looked like a rash on my legs. And I was thinking, what the hell is that? I thought maybe it's a heat rash or something. And after a week, it still hadn't gone away. I went to the dermatologist and they were like, yeah, you have psoriasis. It had just flared up and broken out on the trunk of my body um, and all over my legs. So... At the time as well, like I was just, my body was stressed. I was having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Um, I would frequently get adult acne on my chin, on my back. Um, you know, sometimes you just think it's, it's normal that, I don't know, these are just symptoms that, you know, you go through sometimes in your life. Um, and after using a whole bunch of creams and using UV light therapy, it did go away a little bit. Um, but it, it, it ended up coming back when I moved to Canada. So what had happened was I was sort of in a place where I was watching a lot of my friends get married, have babies, really growing and expanding themselves as people. And I was just like, I don't understand this, but I'm, I'm stuck and I really wasn't aware or didn't have the tools per se to go for what I wanted because I was so mentally clouded Everything was cloudy. It was just survival mode. And I said, you know what? I'm just at a point. I have to take a risk. I sold everything. I sold my car, sold all my furniture, all my clothes. And I just knew that I had to step away from the life that I had, that it wasn't getting me any closer to being a happy, empowered version of myself. 
So I left everything that was secure to me. My bosses were like, please don't leave. We'll give you a pay rise. I'm like, it's not about money anymore. <laughs> I was like, it's time for me to go and find myself because I just don't even know who I am. And the interesting thing is that it was to everybody else, you know, it looked like I had everything. You know, I had this fun, great job, amazing friends, amazing family, um, but something was missing for me on the inside. So I'd never been to Canada before. <laughs> But I'd already lived in England and uh, it was a two-year working visa at the time I was able to get in Canada. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take this risk. I'm going to go there and see um, what doors and opportunities open up. And I really just surrendered myself, Roxanne, to the universe. I was like, I trust, number one. I'm a good talker, so I trusted no matter what, I'd be able to make good friends, um, and that I did, um, and that just everything would fall into place. I just trusted my guidance system. So it was pretty full on because I had worked out for myself that I was suffering from depression like probably about three weeks before I left. It was a self-realisation. Um, I never would have thought as myself as someone that was depressed. Um, and then all my family were like, yeah, we didn't want to say anything. We didn't want to upset you. And yeah, so it was pretty hard. When I came here to Canada, I was really working through a lot of that stuff on my own. Um, I think sometimes when, you know, you have that chance to sort of step back and let go of things that that self-realisation really comes into place. So when I arrived here in Canada and my psoriasis had flared up again, um, I'd spent like about $1,000 on creams and stuff from doctors, still nothing changed. Um, I had the opportunity of meeting my current partner. Um, we've been together for seven, nearly coming up to seven years. And when I met him, he suffers from a skin condition called vitiligo. And he had said to me, you can't go to a regular doctor. It's not going to fix it. You need to go to a naturopath. And I thought to myself, what's a naturopath going to do at the time? So I go to the naturopath and I was telling her all of my symptoms. And I'm like, I can't stop crying. I'm bloated. I can't stop eating, sugar cravings, psoriasis, acne. Um, I, I had gained a lot of weight as well. I mean, that had a lot to do with the food that I was eating at the time. And uh, the naturopath had a big smirk on her face when I told her my symptoms. And, and I was like, are you laughing at me? <laughs> she was like, no, I'm not laughing at you. I just, I think I know what's wrong with you. So I had a thing called, um, it was a candida overgrowth. I had a thing called leaky gut, um, which is basically um, a thinning of the lining of the wall in the intestines where everyone has a certain amount of yeast candida in their stomach, but um, often at times it will flare up if it's not balanced and you're maybe not eating the best of foods, a lot of sugars and carbs. Um, so it had just wreaked <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. It had wreaked um, havoc in my body, which was what was causing the psoriasis and acne and a whole bunch of symptoms that I was going through. She put me on what's called an elimination diet. Um, and three weeks later, the psoriasis was gone. Um, within six weeks, I had dropped about seven to eight kilos, which is insane. Yeah, that's a lot. Sorry, we're going kilos, 2.2 pound to the kilo. So like, like 15 pounds or something. Yeah, about 15 pounds. Um, and like I was sleeping like 
seven hours a night before that. I was sleeping like 12 hours a night, still waking up tired. Um, and that was it, Roxanne. After I realized the power of food and the body, um, that was six years ago. That's when everything changed. And I knew that I had to help other women um, and men. Don't, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, our, our bodies are very similar. So technically, like, I tend to work a lot more with women, have worked with men. Um, not opposed to working with men, but um, that's sort of the path that I've taken. And so that's where I am today. Yeah, just giving back because um, I think when you go through an experience and, and the funniest thing was I was like telling everyone, did you guys know the power of food in the body? And I think some people were just looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, you're, so probably so the, this this whole path really um, was something that was new for you. You hadn't really focused on food before. Um, what in in your upbringing, it wasn't something that was really focused on, or was it something that you did grow up with certain good foods, but you, or you didn't like it. Well, here's the funny thing is that my mum worked for Weight Watchers for 27 years as a lecturer. Uh, the thing with the Weight Watchers method is they focus on the amount of calories to mm -hmm. lose weight. It's not necessarily the nutrients in food. Mm -hmm. So um, my mentality of things for the longest time was eat food to lose weight, not necessarily worrying about the nutrients that you were getting from food so right. with a lot of the training that I did it was I would keep my food very simple and you know it'd be like chicken and avocado that I'd eat for dinner but the thing is I was drinking soy lattes number one soy was not a good thing for my body like I was still having bread and dairy and things like that which for my unique body type it just wasn't um, taking it very well. So it wasn't so much that I was out eating chocolate bars and chips and and, and sort of letting loose to that degree. Um, and, and that can be the problem with marketing and advertising of food products is people th are thinking constantly about the weight loss aspect as opposed to how does food make me feel? Does it give me energy? Does it take away? Does it make me tired? Um, am I getting all the nutrients so that my body can function properly and this is the problem because everyone's just thinking on the external and they can tend to forget about what's happening on the internal so definitely because i think if you think of a lot of the food companies in the marketing um or the things that you see all over social it's about um low fat right you hear this whole concept and i mean which has created such a revolution which is diametrically opposed to where I think health really is, right? It's about um, feeding your body to feed your brain. But a lot of people go to the, the consumption element, like you're saying, oh, I shouldn't be a, above a certain amount of calories. Mm -hmm. And they watch that versus kind of thinking, what what am I putting in my body? Which is kind of what, what you're saying that you learned. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think as well what happens is when – when it comes to counting calories is that, and, and mind you, I'm, I'm not, you know, there may be certain times in people's life where that's important, especially if they're, um, you know, suffering disease um, and the doctors are asking them, like, we need you to stick to it. So in certain circumstances, and I'm not sort of taking away um, the importance that that may hold um, in certain periods of people's lives, but 
as a general point, what ends up happening is when we come from a place of deprivation, as humans, we like to be a little naughty and rebel and we don't like being told what to do. So what happens is if you're told you can't eat this, you can't do that, you can never have a glass of wine, you can never have a little bit of chocolate, people end up binging and then they end up going the other way. So mm -hmm. for me personally, I have an 80%, 20% rule. You need to leave 20% room for play when it comes to food because sometimes there is just... Um, there are certain foods that your body's calling for that needs nourishment um, and it's important that you have that. Otherwise, you just end up diving down the deep end and it can be a long spiral down. <laughs> so kind of tell me, it, you, when women, let's say an average woman comes to you, because I'm sure a lot of people listening are saying, okay, you know, um, what's different, right? Like when you see, let's say someone comes to you, they're, you know, mid-30s, mid early 40s kind of thing, um, middle-aged woman and she's struggling maybe she's tough I'm sure I'm gonna assume this is maybe the, the pro I'm tired I probably got about 10 pounds I'd like to lose um, you know I'm I find that I you know I, I can work for a bit but then I'd have a drop in I, I can think at times like I get a drop in, in energy those types of things what what are, what kind of where where do you go with someone like that because I hear you talking a lot about body type, which I'm interested in. And I'm sure the people listening might be also um, interested in that. For sure. So um, there are so many sort of different modalities all over the world from different cultures with um, how one would go about, um, you know, sort of eating or losing weight and especially depending sort of where you're from. So um, there's a couple of things as well because being in Toronto here and it being this like beautiful cultural melting pot which is what I love so much about the city is depending where you're from often especially if you're born in other countries your body type can be used to eating certain foods that are nat natural to that region but all of a sudden you know now we're living here in Canada and you can just about have access to any kind of food at any time of the year and the thing that people need to realise it's really important as well is to eat typically what's naturally grown in the regions for that certain time of year. Like there's certain times that it's not normal to be eating mangoes in the middle of um, winter, as an example, in the middle of Canada. Maybe if you're down in Jamaica, it might be normal to eat that. So um, because we have access to all of these different foods, and everyone's body types are uniquely different, which according to um, the Ayurvedic tradition, it's really cool. There's um, ways to find out maybe what types of foods you should be eating for your body type. That's just one method that I can sort of take with people so that they can learn um, sort of what kinds of foods they should be eating. So what I do when I'm with a client, there's a couple of things that I need to really sort of strip back and learn about the person because depending what you do for a job, whether you've got children, like do you fly a lot for work, everyone's lifestyles now are just so different that that needs to be taken into consideration. People's goals need to be taken into consideration. Um, you know, the stress that they're taking on needs to be taken into consideration. And I also think um, sort of especially with Western society, it, it's go, go, go. It's just constant stress, like always yeah. got to be moving. And I think typically 
where people are constantly thinking, okay, so I've got to do high intensity workouts and I've got to go hard at the gym or hang on, someone's told me I've got to do this keto diet or this paleo diet. And this, this is where people become so overwhelmed and they struggle with it because if you don't sort of deconstruct and understand all these different factors about yourself, you can spend years, like years trying to work out what the right thing to do for you is if you're not working with someone who is a professional that can help you get straight to the point of what's missing. Because it's not just about food and it's not just about movement. There are so many things that come into play when it comes to weight loss. So I hope that sort of answered your question. Yeah, so tell me a bit about stress. Like when you talk about stress, are you looking for strategies um, that, could, that are conducive to the body person's body type to help them kind of manage their stress along with figure out the foods that are best tailored for them. So you're looking at like an overall strategy, really. Absolutely. So another thing like, you know, I'll, I'll give you sort of like a, a, a little sort of tip here, which, um, you know, a lot of people may be unaware of, but it's like what happens is for a lot of people, um, they're eating, you know, maybe they're not taking a proper lunch break or they're eating in between meetings or they're skipping meals. Um, what ends up happening is when we eat and the stress response is on, which is for most of us because, you know, they're running in between, like something like that, it's like not allowing the body time to actually digest, assimilate all the nutrients um, because it takes the brain like 20 minutes to acknowledge when we're full. Most people are eating their food between two to three minutes. It's going down so fast, the stress response is on, that's when people end up with indigestion, reflux, and it doesn't allow the metabolism to break the food down accordingly. Um, so when you're constantly eating like that, what happens is the body ends up storing it as fat because it doesn't necessarily also know when is it going to get its next meal and its metabolism hasn't had the time to properly yeah, digest the food of what we're eating. So, um, you know, even something so small as allowing yourself, you know, 15 to 20 minutes just to sit back without flipping through your social media and reading a book and just relaxing and taking some deep breaths, that in itself will do wonders. But nobody teaches people this. You don't learn it at the gym and you don't necessarily learn it at school or through some other education. So there, there are a lot of sort of mindful activities that come into bringing the stress down so that the body can do what it's meant to do without feeling like it's constantly in this place of fight. Right. And, I, you know, and a lot of people would say that's all well and good, but how do I, you know, the, the objection you might get is how am I going to do it? But you're right. If it, if it becomes a habit that, you know, yeah. I'm in between meetings and I'm going to grab something here or there, or geez, I forgot to eat today. So I'm going to, what happens is, and I'm sure you see a lot of people saying that they eat a lot at night because their body's still needing the nutrients versus mm -hmm. eat throughout the day. I know if I, if I keep a pretty steady routine eating and at night I'm, I'm fine, right? I might need a little snack, but if I haven't eaten all day and you're kind of finally, your body's still saying, I need more, I need more. Kind of, and then that's when you stop too, after all the stress, you know, you're kind of finally slowing down. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And it's especially at night time for people, it's an opportunity for them to stop and maybe eat something that's really pleasurable. So that's where people tend to, you know, eat the chips or chocolate or have a glass of wine in front of the TV because that's their, that's their moment. But um, when you when you understand what it is that you should be eating for you, um, you should be getting enough sort of nutrients during during the day so that at night time you're not ravenous because you've had your healthy fats, fibre and protein during the day. Um, and, and it does, it takes planning, but people, um, you know, people need to understand that it's investing in you. You're the one that reaps the benefits. I understand it's hard, like it's difficult, life's busy, but when it's, it's like anything, when you put money into a really good investment account, you're going to continue to do it. So when you start seeing how your body responds to eating these healthy foods and your energy's through the roof, you know, the serotonin's pumping through the body, like you just, you're on this high, you're feeling amazing. You're like, why would I go back to eating that way when it was just making me feel lethargic and wasn't sleeping very well? So um, it's all about really like getting clear on what it is that you should be doing for you. Um, and then it's all about taking really small, bite-sized little changes. You can't just go in and think you can do it all at once because your brain will load up and go, whoa, 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 whoa. There's too much going on here. It really is. It's, you know, it's taken me the better part of six years to get me to where I am today. Um, and it's a journey, like anything. It really is. So give... Give me some of your top um, errors that you see people making when they when they come to you, right? And they say, "Oh, I've been doing this for years," and it's you know, and and you go, "Oh goodness!" Like, are there some kind of top <laughs> things that you say, and you go, "Okay, whatever you do, don't do these things off the bat." Can you think of a couple? Um, things that people do i would say i mean you mentioned it before about the whole low fat because it's loaded up with sugar mm -hmm. i think i think a lot of the time what people think is healthy because of marketing and advertising um i you know people drinking pop diet like full of aspartame like this stuff because people are thinking oh but it doesn't have sugar in it but I mean, I'd mentioned I was on like another talk and a lady was asking me what about Diet Coke and I hope I really didn't insult the lady, but I, I just said I wouldn't consume anything that would clean my rings or a toilet. It just, people, you, like you need to think, like my mum in house, Diet Coke and um, caffeine-free Diet Coke was the thing for years and like you know, low-fat yogurt, these are some of the things that come to mind and it's like you're better off having full fat, 110%. Um, you know, and, and I think it's e easier to see as well for me, like, you know, people who are maybe suffering eczema and psoriasis and things like that, um, now that I have a better understanding, because all diseases start in the gut and um, when we nourish our stomachs and we look after the, the flora in our stomachs, um, so a lot of the time when I see people who are suffering from a lot of skin irritation, um, if I notice or become aware of some of the things that they're eating, that maybe someone else has told them that it's okay, you know, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, might want to might want to tweet that a little bit just to help them. Um, yeah, I, but I would say the uh, I would say the uh, low fat thing is probably low fat is a big thing. 
And um, when you say about flora in your in your tummy or your gut, yeah. are there things that you suggest? Um, of course, good eating, right? Like you heard, I always hear about. Now I know a lot about macronutrients, like you know, and because I'm the type that I mean, go 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 go. But then now I try to think about having more fruits and you know, like nuts and just having stuff in my car. <laughs> In my, in my, in my, uh, in my uh, briefcase, <laughs> in my <laughs> laptop bag, like little you know, bags of like, 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 you know, like nuts and stuff like that. Or, you know, just because I know sometimes I'm stuck, right? Like if I'm, if I'm booked solid with clients, sometimes I'm six, seven hours without sure. the ability to really stop. Right. And so even being able to say, okay, take five minutes, have something, but that takes planning. And I want you, want you to talk um, about planning. Cause that, you know, for myself, and I have a son, as you know, and I look at my activities and his activities and kind of what we used to do to get him back and forth off hockey rinks and just all over. And you, I would often mm -hmm. see parents and the kids, and they always had fast food bags in their hands, right? So I know prep always for me, because I always, my son refuses to eat fast food. He, and I thought there is a God. This is yes, there is. Good for him. <laughs> but I always was, you know, not into it anyway, but, and it, but it's still a lot of work, but it's not that it's a lot of work cooking. It's the prep I find before. Mm -hmm. So what kind of tips do you give people that help busy families that have two or three kids, like one kid's on one rink, one kid's about to go to dance. The other is about to be picked up from soccer. Like it's dizzying at best when you think about, and, and you're dealing a lot with women or mothers like me that are saying, how do I, how do I do this? Yeah. How do I do it? Yeah. Um, a couple of tips from my end and, and, you know, first off I have to say I applaud parents and especially mothers the caregivers of the house. Um, I don't personally have children, but I have worked with a lot of clients that do yeah. some of the things that um, have definitely, that we've looked at. Cause the hard thing that can happen is you've got one child that'll eat this one that won't eat that. And, and then sometimes it's just overwhelming. And then maybe sometimes the kids don't end up eating it. And, and that can be very frustrating when you, when you're paying and spending all that loving time, putting energy into cooking the food. So, um, Batching is, is huge. So when meal planning, batching so that you have food, like let's say like as an example, the soup that I did, that will last me the next three to four days. I just made a massive thing of it. Um, I look for simplification, like simplifying things to make it as easy as possible. So, you know, especially like now that we're in the winter season, it's like if anyone has crock pots, um, making soups or big batches of things that you can put in containers that you can put in the freezer. So especially if mums are out and they're taking their kids to sports, if, you know, um, you know, wifey or dad's at home or whatever it may be, um, or vice versa, that it's like, hey, there's stuff in the freezer, put it out, bang it in the mm -hmm. oven, you're good to go. Um, I typically for myself, it's like, um, you know, my partner and um He's a pilot as well. So we're constantly, you know, on the go. So exactly just as you said, in terms of like having mixed nuts, actually I, I wish you could sort of see, we have an array in the kitchen of just jars full of seeds and nuts and everything that we need so we can, we can see when we need to sort of top it up. But I'll bring, you know, with me when I'm traveling, it's like mixed nuts, 
um, you know, I'll do like chia seed puddings. And when I make that for breakfast, I will do four of them so that when I wake up in the morning, I've got my chia seed pudding with my coconut yogurt and my blueberries. It's already in the jar. I pull it out and it's ready to go. Um, so forward thinking of simpl like simplifying. You don't have to make it super fancy and over the top. And to be honest, if kids are old enough, parents should be telling them to get in the kitchen and start learning for themselves. I, I think that, um, you know, when I, I learned cooking at school and you know, every now and then mum and dad would be like, you know how to cook, get in the kitchen. <laughs> I actually recently just uh, taught RJ how to, he likes fit basic he's very basic it's you know but it's quick it's like a chicken breast so i said you know what here's a deal here's a chicken breast it's thawed you try it right because you know and then just sitting there I, w I didn't do it for him and i just said you know you do it on low just a little bit of spices a little bit of olive oil he's seen me do it a million times wow. and then i said you're just needing the middle to be opaque or solid so he's like, does this work? <laughs> but again, like you're so right. It's something, it took a bit more time. And then, you know, something really quick. If you, you know, frozen vegetables, you put it in the microwave, you couple minutes and a um, couple of spices on it. And those pre-made, you know, brown rice cups, I buy those because those are really easy. Mm -hmm. It's quick to do if it's not pre-cooked. But you're, yeah. so, you're so right, teaching them the little things. And it, I mean, with him, he's a 17-year-old boy, so he's eating all the time. Yeah. For me, I just do, I'm like you, like that's something I have to learn with my lifestyle is if I'm, if I'm cooking something, I bulk it up. If I make chicken breast, I might make 10. And then I, you know, yeah. pre-cook it and freeze it so you can pull one out. You know, same, just little things, just really, really quick. And um, something that I learned, I'm sure you probably go through a grocery list with your clients, lots of fruit lots of vegetables and then i try to figure out what the sides are that i do in bulk and i just leave it in the fridge so wow. i can cook something on you know quickly and you know i was just thinking to myself what one of the easiest things to do is like um chopping up like i would regularly do like beetroot zucchini sweet potato and sometimes potatoes mm -hmm. and i would chop it up put a bit of olive oil and i'd do a massive batch put it in the oven mm -hmm. and that would give me like three days of just veggies and sometimes i would just eat it on its own as is beautiful with chicken or fish on the side um and also another like good little tip that i like to give to people um to simplify things yet again is like learn one new recipe once a week mm. Look, okay. for, look for a simple recipe that's easy to do because if it becomes overwhelming, the resistance can come up. So pick something simple. And then once you know it and you've done it, next time when you're driving home from work and you're like, what am I going to make for dinner? You go, do you know what? Awesome. I'm, I'm going to pop into the supermarket. I know what I need. And it doesn't take as long. I think sometimes it can become overwhelming when you've got to think too much. You've already made too many decisions during the day. So if you've got some go-tos, and you're clear on what works for your body type, it just makes it so much easier. And I think you're so right, right? So it's, it's to me, the thing is, it's not about having to cook, but it's having everything that I need to cook. Um, so I think it's like, that's a preparing part that I find is um, easier because then you have to think, oh, I got to run to the store now. I, you know, I'm in between meetings. How am I going to get that done? But if you, you know, so... I try to kind of, you know, do that. I'm sure you tell your clients and I see with, like I had one son, I saw people with three, four children and I'm like, okay, I know how busy I am with my <laughs> job and juggling with him and stuff like that. But I could, mm -hmm. and I could, I could see the parents just trying to, 
you know, get one kid to one activity or, you know, and then they have full time jobs. It's it really, so the stress level is real, Carrie, would you agree? And people like to be able to mindfully eat, which is basically what you're talking about. Sometimes it ends up being a bit of a, you know, an anomaly. People don't get those opportunities very, very often um, to be able to do that. But I think it's like anything else. Like I often say to people, you have to take, even if it's a five minute break, you know, and sit in your office, close that door, <laughs> shut everything off or listen to something that soothes you. And even at that time, they probably could take the time just to eat a little bit and just slow their body down. A hundred percent. And like a little tip and trick for people is that um, basically if you sit there for two minutes and take some deep breaths, it will take your body from being in a stressful state to being in a relaxed state. Two minutes is all it takes to bring the nervous system to feeling relaxed. So I, I often do this, especially if I'm on a plane, like I'll sit there, you know, when you're rushing through the air, when you finally get to your seat, it's like, take a moment to sit there and breathe. Don't do anything. Put everything down, put your phone down, take the two minutes, bring it down. You can do it at your desk. You can do it in your car. You can do it while you're standing in the kitchen. It's free. <laughs> And it works. It's scientifically proven. So um, taking, you know, you can apply that to anything as well. That's the coolest thing about taking that breath. Maybe in an just, argument, you know. And <laughs> I often, yeah, I often say to people, we have five senses, right? Like if you do have a couple, you know, minutes just to be able to enjoy that cup of tea and really, you know, experience it in your mouth or, you know, to think about, to stop and listen to a piece of music that you really like. Or, you know, to have pictures, you know, on your phone of, you know, sceneries or um, who or what's important. That really just brings us back out of that stress response because we're either in fight, flight or freeze. And you keep that, the body in that state. They either go hyper or hypo, right? And then, like you said, then the body's, the body's going to hold on for dear life. I know that with stress. But then, again, you're talking about eating being an extension where the body actually doesn't do naturally take the nutrients that it needs and let's go of what it needs. It just holds on to mm. lots of the stuff that it doesn't need. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Any other quick mindfulness tips that you suggest um, or things that you, you suggest, like do you suggest people um, kind of uh, join? Do you suggest things like you did the, you talked about the Ayurvedic, which is interesting. So I don't know if you have a couple of minutes just to talk about the mindfulness part to that and um, what kind of things you've learned and what you're going to be applying to maybe your uh, coaching because of the exposure in Bali to the Ayurvedic uh, way of eating. Yeah. So some of the biggest takeaways for me from doing this Ayurvedic yoga certification in Bali was actually the breath work that we did every morning. We spent an hour... Um, each morning um, of learning different breath techniques. Um, interesting enough, I was kind of like, how did I not know about the benefits of this up to date? And, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's funny you go through your life and then you learn something new and you think to yourself, wow, this existed this whole time. I would recommend um, everybody looks up and goes to a breathing class there's plenty of them here in Toronto. You could look it up on YouTube. Um, I think it would be nicer to experience being in a class um, and learning it because I don't quite think 
that we are exposed enough to the power of, of breathing techniques, you know. So these are just breathing techniques. They're, you're not talking meditation. You're not talking yoga. You're just saying what we unconsciously do, we need to learn how to breathe properly. Absolutely, 100%. Like, and it's incredible. Like, Because what happens is energies get stuck in our body. You know, it might be that, that tension that you feel on your chest or that sick feeling you feel in your stomach or the tension that we're holding in our shoulders. And when energies get stuck in our body, they need to be released somehow. So the idea of breath work is continue to allow the natural energetic flow in the body. And like when you tap in and check in with yourself before you start doing the breath work and then you know you check in with yourself afterwards like how do I feel like do I feel clearer do I feel lighter and it's like night and day it really is so um I would recommend if anyone is feeling super super stressed like like going to the gym is like my number one like I, I love it but there are other ways to um, allow energy to flow out of the body and to feel relaxed and to do something good for yourself. So number one, finding a breathwork class or going on YouTube, there's plenty of free stuff on there if, if financially people are not wanting to spend the money on a class. Um, also, I would recommend that people go to a local meditation class as well or get Headspace, uh, the Headspace app or calm or do what I'd, I love YouTube. There's so much free stuff on there. Every morning I get up and put a different um, meditation on from YouTube. That's how I started my morning this morning because I thought, okay, well, let me, because I know I have a busy day. So I just did that. And, you know, they say sit up, right? Because <laughs> guess what ends up happening? You end up falling back asleep. But, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, but I mean, you're relaxed after 20 minutes, you know, you're, you kind of, re, you know, reflect and, and you slow down because you know you're going to be go, 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 go which kind of gives you that slowing, even though you know, you know you're going to be, in my case, nine, 10 hours today of different things, but just a, a full day versus if you get up, you know, the alarm goes off and you start running and then it, you know, your life gets dictated by everything outside of you, you know, and then by the mid, you know, middle of the afternoon, you're like, I'm cooked. <laughs> I've run out of energy, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, carving out um, time for yourself in the morning, though, I know it can be really difficult, especially if people have like, like really little babies and stuff at home. It, it can be hard, but um, waking up if you're able to and giving yourself half an hour before you regularly would with your alarm, get up and do some journaling and read a book or get up and do some yoga or get up and do some meditation or half an hour for a workout. It doesn't have to be this grand thing, but taking time out just for you, that's just yours because you need to invest in you and you deserve it. When you're giving so much of your energy to everybody else during a day, um, you know, clients, bosses, everyone else, if you don't fill up your own cup, everyone else will get a half version of you you won't like the half version of you that you're giving to everybody else. And then, and then it can spiral just into a place where people are like, Oh, this, this is too much. So every day, just finding some time to fill up your cup for sure. And then how it impacts the mental, right? Because if you're um, go, 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 go. And you have to sit down and focus say, on a document or something like that. That's when it's harder to focus. So to really recognize that this investment that you're making throughout the day, you're, you're putting the, you know, the deposits in a bit at a time. It may be only five minutes or, or two. It may be two that I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to close my eyes and, you know, 
you know, feel my breath and feel the breath at the bottom of my nose, but at least I'm slowing my body down um, to be able to kind of, you know, get through things a, a bit at a time versus I have not stopped for 10 hours and I am, you know, and then you go home and if you're, you're you know, your family's there or your partner's there or people around you, you have nothing left to give to what really what's, what's important. A hundred percent. And, and that's the other thing too. I think as well, if you've got like a really supportive partner um, and there are children at home, trying to coordinate to allow space during the week. Hey honey, can you take the kids like, so that you're able to go to a session or you're able to go and have that time with your girlfriends for a coffee. I think it's important as, as well for people to make sure that they're making um, themselves important during the week without necessarily, you know, um, some stresses around them, if that's possible. I understand everyone's lifestyles are different, but if they're able to carve out that time, then that way, yet again, they're a fuller version of themselves. They've got that time to look forward to. And it's not just them constantly giving to the kids, giving to the boss. Yeah. To everything outside of you, right? Because there comes a point when you have to start replenishing yourself. And, and it, like you said, it doesn't, I often say to people, it doesn't have to be a Pilates class that's an hour and a half or, you know, or the gym. It could be something as, okay, I'm going to go outside and I've got 15 minutes over lunch. I'm going to, you know, eat something really quickly and I'm going to go for a brisk walk, get out, get some oxygen. Um, and then I come back and I feel alive because then I've, I've, I've gotten more breaths, I've more oxy oxygenation in my brain. I'm clearer. I've shifted. And we know that with optimal, you know, functioning uh, and all the research, it's like, do something, take a, make a shift. If you're doing something physical, maybe slow down. If you're doing something um, that's focused, then shift it. And then, then that way the body and the brain kind of starts to work in concert with each other. Okay, this has all been really, really uh, interesting stuff. I'm sure everyone listening would love to learn um, a lot more about things. And I know you have um, something that you um, are doing, a, a promotion um, so why don't you tell everyone about the promotion and where they can get a hold of you so that, it, you know, if they're interested in learning more, um, just about some of the wonderful things that you've shared today. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So right now, um, as we're leading up to 2019, um, I have an offer. Normally it's 125 for a session with me. So it's uh, $59 to have your first initial session um, where we'll take an hour to an hour and a half to carve out what your desires, needs, wants and goals are for next year. Um, and then through that, we can then help determine is it, is it health that you're focusing on, relationships. Um, I am a certified um, health and wellness coach, but life coaching is also an avenue that I um, can take with people. So if they're wanting to get in contact with me, um, there's a couple of different modalities. Uh, they can contact me Instagram. My Instagram handle is Kerry. So it's K-E-R-R-I-E-G Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. -L. They can get me through Instagram. Um, if they want to send me an email, um, it's healthy, E for egg, women at gmail.com. Um, Roxanne, I'm not sure if there's any way if people have questions, they can contact you if they want to get my number or I'm not sure. Sure. Absolutely. And if anybody's wanting more information on, uh, 
uh, Carrie, you, they can definitely get a hold of me and I will um, facilitate um, making sure that you get connected. Now, Carrie, I've learned a lot of really good things today. And I think some of my takeaways is um, that slowing so that the body can take what it needs. I think that's a, I really, I love that because, you know, I, I don't think of it in generally I, I, when I, when I coach or I um, speak to people, I don't put it in that context with food, but it's kind of giving me a good angle with people to really, because really if you're in that hyper or, or frozen state and you're depleted, the body's saying, I don't know what to do here. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think really nutritionally, it does the same thing. Like you said, if, if you, if you don't let the body know it's okay to receive what it needs and to let go of what it needs, then you're, you're, you're out of balance uh, technically, which is what I talk a lot with stress management and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So thank you. That was a really an insight and something I probably will use as I oh, kind wow. of coach people on balance. And, um, and also just about um, the, the breath the breath, the importance of breathing, and even to suggest a breathing class. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think that was something that would be quite interesting for people to consider. So everyone, again, Carrie, thanks so much for being here. Um, so if uh, you're wanting more information, please reach out to Carrie, or if you're needing uh, uh, to connect with Carrie, you can go through me. Um, if you're wanting more information on how to get more connected to yourself, um, you know, Authenticity is key. Um, the more connected, the more you, the answers are all within yourself. You can go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash blueprint where you can sign up for a free course. So take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, Carrie. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.